that's really probably what Carl and I were going to go and do as well. Um, you know, we probably had, had really thrown heaps at it and and you get to that point, I think, where you're like, oh, well, what else is there now to do? Um, you know, we started at 28. This is now several years later for us. We were both sort of thinking, oh, well, we might just actually quit. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Down Under Paintball. This week, I'm sitting down with one half of the Simpson combo, Ben Simpson. I know twins always uh, get roped into everything together, so I wanted to make sure that I gave them their own episode each. Ben's had an amazing career, really matched only by his brother, who have they played most events together, but I know that they split up from time to time. So Ben's done something massive for me on the show this week. So in this episode, we talk quite a bit about footage and the importance of footage uh, in a, as a learning tool. So Ben's gone back deep in the archives and actually put together a video for us. So on the audio podcast, unfortunately, uh, obviously, you won't be able to see it, but uh, release on Saturday on YouTube and then Sunday on Facebook, you will get to see yeah footage of uh, Ben playing all the way from the start through to modern day. So, yeah, massive thank you to Ben for putting that together for me, and um, I hope you all enjoy it. So last but not least, I just want to say a massive shout out to this show's sponsors or the patrons that I have over on Patreon. So thank you so much for supporting the show. The new ones that we have coming in this week, we have Jono, Amanda, Ben, and also PBHQ. So yeah, huge thank you for all your continued support on the show. And with that, we're going to jump straight into this episode of Down Under Paintball. Okay, I need to find paintball again. If that's the kind of commitment you're going to give, then that's the kind of commitment I want. So I'm sticking. You're listening to Down Under Paintball. I mean, everybody on that team was a veteran. Everybody. This is Will McDonald, and you're listening to Down Under Paintball. It does make it a more interesting sport for the masses. They are doing it better than anyone else, to be honest. Yeah, show show other women that might be interested in playing that, hey, you know, you can go out there and you can be successful in this sport. It's best. I've got the best seat in the house with some of the best paintball in Australia. And you're listening to Down Under Paintball. I don't, I don't enter into the politics. I'm not interested. I'm just trying to, you know, grow the sport, get more people playing paintball. This week we're sitting down with... The one half of the, the the Simpson twins, I won't say if it's the better or the worst half, but it's uh, Ben Simpson. G'day, Scotty. How are you going? Yeah, good. How are you? Awesome, buddy. Awesome. Surviving uh, COVID as we're returning to, to normal? Absolutely. Yep. No, everything's uh, starting to, to really settle back down now, which is awesome. People can start playing paintball. That's the most important thing. So, yeah, it's good. Yeah, and most importantly, have you? Have you played since COVID's lifted? Have you been back out? I have not. Um, yeah, the last the last uh, time I picked up a paintball gun was yeah months and months and months ago. We had a, I think it was a, a training session. I think it was in the last week before full lockdowns and everything happened. So yeah, it's been a while, but um, you know I've had a I've had a decent break in the past and come back without too much problem. So um, should be should be fun when we get back out there. Yeah, and it's uh it's not like you you're lacking experience or anything like that i don't think uh you'll you'll forget too much about paintball (laughs) (laughs) it's like riding a bike scotty you know that yeah yeah (laughs) no definitely so so where are you calling in from tonight um so i live in sydney um just uh not too far from action as uh as a few people would know um i've been here for about or about the same time that i've played paintball actually uh not long after i started playing i um i wanted to move house and uh, I ended up buying a house only about six minutes from the field from uh, Action Rouse Hill. Was that uh, was that planned? Did you move there because of the paintball field? Uh, yes and yes and no. Uh, I've become a little bit obsessed by that stage, but um, yeah, I've always been a, a hills boy pretty much my whole life. So um, you know, I was going to live in this general area. I just uh, I found a place that was pretty close to the field as well, which was a bonus. Yeah, nice. So, uh, well, yeah, why don't we stick on that? So, uh, yeah, how did it all start for you? How did you get into the sport? Yeah, well, um, so about, I would have been 20, probably about 20, maybe 20 or 22 years ago. Um, I was about 18. I'm getting pretty old now. (laughs) Um, 
yeah, I just went out for a, for a, a social day, a bush ball, um, you know, way back in the day. Had an absolute blast, got in there. I think they were called like the Terminator packages back then um, at Action, where you, yeah, it was like a semi-auto, wasn't a pump gun or anything back then. Uh, remote lines, we had an absolute blast. Um, went out there with Carl and a few, I think it was a couple of family and, and just a few friends. Um, and we saw that you could, at that point, you know, paintball was a was a bit of a thing but it was pretty costly um at that point in time you couldn't own your own gun you could buy one but it would have to stay at the field and what have you so we um yeah at that stage we we just sort of went oh look it's fun we might go out and do some sort of social days but um won't won't get that crazy into it so sort of we went and uh, we were pretty mad into water skiing and um, thinking about go-karts and stuff. So, yeah, we, we went and bought go-karts and went sort of go-kart racing and water skiing for the next 10 years and didn't really give paintball another another thought. Um, but then we went about 10 years later. I was uh, probably about uh, 27, 28. Uh, we went for another social day of paintball and, um, again, had a mad time, um, had a bit of a chat. Uh, to, to a few people around. Uh, that's where we met Ian Tresseter. He was the general manager out at um, Action at that point in time. And um, super nice guy, as, as you'd know, Scotty. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's, he's one of the greats. Yeah. <laughs> abs- absolutely. So, um, yeah, the laws had changed by that stage where you could actually own your gun and, and take it home. It was, you know, pretty good weapon and everything still, but you could actually buy one and, and the cost had come down drastically i think back when we you know looked at it uh 10 years prior it was like five grand to to get a gun and now it was sort of closer to two thousand dollars or something like that so it was much more much more affordable and um could really yeah it was was something to that, that you could sort of get into um so i wasn't actually that really interested to begin with i was I was a bit hesitant and, I mean, to be honest, I was probably a bit scared of getting shot. Um, <laughs> but Carl, he was super keen. Um, the, the the sup air was, was being played at that stage and it was um, – uh, they, they, they had a training day going on uh, when we went out there and he sort of, you know, was like drawn to it. Um, and then the next thing I knew, you know, he, he'd gone out and he'd gone for it training day and then he'd gone for another training day and <laughs> he was you know he was jumping in with with uh you know a few different teams and i thought shit i'm you know i'm he and i have, have always been super super competitive um so yeah i wasn't going to be left behind so I, <laughs> I, I reluctantly went out there got shot to pieces but started to to really enjoy it and back then it was um uh, Ian was running heaps of clinics um, yep. all the time, getting getting you know new people in. You were help, I think you were helping him do those clinics, and I have you as well. Um, so yeah, Carl and I just got super hooked. Bought our first guns. Um, I think they were like Bob Long Intimidators. Yeah, um, the Timmies. And, they, they were popular back then. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, I think as right when we bought them, so this was like. 2000 and very late 2007 um yeah they were uh everyone was sort of starting to phase out of them and and move into like the egos um the eclipse guns were just starting to to really get big i think um in paintball at that stage um so we snapped up like secondhand uh intimidators um i think carl bought ringos or eddies and i bought John Salvins or something like that. I think he oh, excellent. That, the that's a name ex- I haven't heard for a long, long time. Yeah, I thought, <laughs> I, thought I thought that'd be a name you'd remember. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I bought I bought all Salvins gear, and uh, I think Carl bought all Ringo's gear, and um, yeah, we, we couldn't think about anything else but paintball. Um, we just uh, started training super, super hard. Um, we were out there in that first uh, sort of three months um late 2007 we you know we'd be out there saturdays and sundays uh training um and just yeah having so much fun started started to train against as many pro players as we could 
Um, Ian was Ian was really starting to push us um, uh, a fair bit, and we ended up for that Masters just uh, jumping into a um, into a semi-pro sort of throw together team. I think it was called Distortion or something like that. Um, and never never heard of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think it was a I think it was a one and done kind of deal uh, with that team. Um, so yeah, we uh we got smashed, um, but had heaps and heaps of fun. Um, and then we, I can't remember what team it was, but teams back then were sort of doing throw together, um, tournaments, like little three man tournaments and stuff like that to, to kind of fund their team a little bit. Oh um, yeah. I think it was uh shock shock. Sydney shock used to run uh three man. Uh, yeah. For a while. It yeah. would have been them. Yeah. And then, yeah. and there was a, and then there was a, a Tolly three man. So we, um, yeah, we entered into the Tolly three man and and we won the Tolly three man. Um, yeah, awesome. I mean it was only sort of slapped together, uh, sort of novice novice thing, but yeah, we jumped into that. And with with all that training and and you know getting a little bit of success there, um, Liz Wybrew's team, Bitchin, um, they noticed us and they picked us up for the 2008 season. So that was our first sort of um, after. Playing a couple of months in 2007, sort of finding paintball. Um, yeah, we got into a semi-pro team and um, and we were hooked. Um, so yeah, that that was that was the introduction to to tournament paintball. And I mean, it was pretty late in um, you know in in our lives, I guess. Really, um, not really actually getting into into tournament paintball until we were uh, 28. Um, that was a uh, I kind of feel very jealous now of, of all the young guys out there who can play, um, you know, or over the last sort of 10 years at, at 18. Um, and now it's, what is it now? Is it 12? People yeah. Can get out no. there play? It's, uh, yeah. it's insane. It's going to be absolute animals by the time they get to uh, their 20s. Yeah, that's what I feel. Yeah, because I, I think about that sometimes. I think, oh, I started at 18 like it was too late and, yeah, so I can't imagine uh, another 10 years, but yeah, 12 year olds. Oh man, by the time they are, like you say, it's going to be scary. We're uh, we're going to be fossils very soon. <laughs> Mate, I'm a fossil already. <laughs> oh, still putting uh, chalking W's up on the board, so it's <laughs> it's still working. Yeah, it it's kind of kind of feels weird when you walk out there and you could be some of these uh, some of these people's dad legitimately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's I do remember uh, when when I first met, I was a bit jealous of you guys for for ages, and then uh, someone told me that like how old you guys were, and I went, oh, okay, like I've got it on in the years, because I thought I like honestly thought you guys were really young, uh, <laughs> like the same sort of age as me, and uh, yeah, for ages I used to think, oh, you know, Ben's got really good at paintball, and you know, Ben's married and he's got kids and like doing all this stuff, owns a house and everything, and I was like, what am I doing with my life? And then I found out you guys are in your thirties, and I went, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right now. Yeah. I, I think yeah. I do remember having that conversation with you at one point when you when you realized. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but it's uh I don't know. I think yeah, it's what's the saying? You're only as old as you uh as, as you act and um if you if you uh, don't use it you lose it. So you try and be active and uh, that's something that I've always done. Carl's always done. We've been super competitive, super active, uh, throw ourselves in a hundred percent whatever we do, so yeah, people people used to think that we were younger than we thought, but I think the grey hair and the bald heads are uh, are giving it away now. Yeah, well, well you, you know, you say that um, like you and your brother being really competitive. Have you found that like a plus throughout your years? Like, you know, when sometimes you're sort of at the top of the game, uh, or there isn't much competition around. Is it is it sometimes that you look to Carl to to help push further? Is it, is he the guy you're always trying to beat? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, honestly, I think that's how we we got good fast. Was um, you know, we we actually probably had an advantage on on most people because um, you know, we had each other to go out and train against and to and to sort of bounce things off and and sort of push push each other. So you know, like I said, probably back at that point in time, how, how much do you reckon people were training? They were probably training at at, at most, probably maybe once a fortnight, once a month. There was lots of people coming up from Canberra and sort of all over the place where, you know, Carl and I, at, you know, were out there literally every single weekend, sometimes, you know, both days. Um, so 
I just wanted to be better than him. He just wanted to be better than me. I, I still think that he's probably better than me. Um, uh, so, yeah, I think I think we just always pushed each other. Yeah, no, it's uh, it would be good. Yeah, I, I guess uh, you hear some people, you know, having like housemates that play paintball and all that kind of stuff, and yeah, that, it would be cool to have someone, I guess, to um, yeah, to you basically got a bit inbuilt training training partner. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely, it was it was awesome. We um, we 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 pretty much went into our own kind of thing though from the get go, and I don't know, I don't know really why that happened. I think Bitchin needed. You know, they needed front guys. Um, so, you know, Carl ended up being the, the front Dorito guy and I ended up being the, the front snake guy. And we pretty much stayed to those roles throughout the years as well. Um, I think I've, I've probably just been luckier um, getting getting more visibility on the snake side. But, um, you know, he, he does some crazy work down that Dorito side, pulls out way more stuff than I, than I ever have. Yeah, and... Uh... I think that sometimes does work to your advantage a bit more. You can get a bit ignored on the Dorito side, so sometimes you can make those those bigger moves. Um, especially like with all the cameras and the crowd and everything watching you. Uh, yeah, you just all of a sudden the point's over and Carl's standing there hitting the buzzer. And it's, people are a yeah. bit unsure how it happened. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, but we, I mean, we we were both, you know, from that 2008 uh, when we jumped on a bitch and then the only thing that we wanted to do was all right, we, I, I remember actually physically writing it down and saying it to the, to, to our team as well. Um, like, I want to be playing in pro. I want people to be scared of us. Um, you know, I, I want I want to mentally beat people before they get on the field. Um, and having having Carl so like-minded as well um, just made that so much easier and, um, you know, we could work with each other to, to try and make that happen. Yeah, that's that's good. So you obviously uh from a yeah, I like that. Like you you set your goals quite early of, of exactly what you wanted to do and uh it, it obviously didn't um didn't take too long to achieve that. You started turning heads pretty quickly with uh playing on Bitchin. Um that 2008 season was was good. <laughs> yeah, that, are, I mean that that was a good year for for us and for Bitchin. Um unfortunately it was the end of Bitchin when we left, but I mean we um we made some, uh, yeah. I think we came second at our first event, um, and then I think we got first, first, first. So it was, um, yeah, it was a it was a pretty good year. But I mean, the team, the whole team came together and, and you know did a huge amount of training and uh, pretty much every weekend. Um, I have to give really most of the credit to people like you and and Ian Tresseter really of um, you know pushing us and running clinics and wanting to um wanting to to help you know the, the new people into the sport and you know Carl and I took absolute advantage of that um uh, I, I think it was round three at um at uh Action Rouse Hill because uh, all of the events I think back then were still played all around the country but um I think the Queensland event had been cancelled so it was um in Sydney and um I think it was Bad Company came out uh, from the states, um, oh, yeah. and we yep. and we we'd been um, sort of picking off you know pro teams because back in that day everyone played everyone right. It wasn't just um, you know fully divisional. It was only divisional once you got to finals, and um, yeah, we we'd had a lot of success already of um, getting wins in prelims from from some of the pro teams. Um, but then yeah, bad company, a full US team came out, and I think we were the it was only hostile and it was only an us that actually beat beat them a semi-pro team, um, you know, which was 80% girls on the team. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, that was bad. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome. And, yeah, I, I think that's what probably started to get, get some of that attention. And um, and then, yeah, you and Ian and, and Mike hit Carl and I up to, to jump onto the SWAT that year. Um, well, don't, don't drag me into this. That was a... Uh, I, I remember yeah. the controversy. It wouldn't be paintball without controversy, would it? Um, yeah. let, let, let's say it happened at the end of the year, eh? <laughs> well, it. Um, well, I just know it was. Yeah, it was a. It probably would have been a difficult conversation for Mike and Liz to to have. 
um, <laughs> Mike, Mike pinching his her uh, her t- two front players off him. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, it, it was. Uh, but that that's I mean that's really what we wanted to do. Um, I mean it's Mike gave us the opportunity and um, you know I think you through a lot of your interviews um, that you've had with people, you know SWAT topics have got a very big allure. Um, longest longest team in the country, um, and that's you know we came into the sport going, I want to be the next Scott Martin, I want to be the next um, Adam Connolly or Alex Orr, um, and that's just what we set our mind to get. And uh, so as soon as that offer came, there was no uh, no way that we weren't going to uh, going to take that opportunity to to jump on it. Yeah, cool, and uh, yeah, it is. Uh, that was I I feel you there. It was it's the it is like that. Uh, that allure I, uh, I was in exactly the same boat it's um yeah it's a it's a good goal to set and I guess we're lucky that we have uh we have SWAT as, as training partners uh <laughs> when we started action um we're a bit yeah spoiled for that. sure absolutely yeah I, I think it was, was the timing gosh. as well right because um I think there was a lot of sort of changing of the guard as well back in um sort of 2008 2009 with with lots of the probably older school uh SWAT guys leaving um, sort of getting to the end of their careers and, and stepping aside and just wanting to sort of have fun. So I think a fair few of them kind of, um, you know, wanted to step back. And I think they created TNT, Team No Train, and they were just yeah. really in it for fun, um, which which opened the way and the opportunity for for the next generation to come through who are super hungry and just wanted to win. Yeah, because that's the, the year you joined SWAT. It was, um, we took, it was four. It was you, Ben. Uh, sorry, you, Carl, uh, Ringo, and Eddie. So there was uh, like four newbies on the on the team in in one year. Yeah, yeah, awesome. and that was. Um, I mean, that all happened because um, you know Carl and I uh, got the the opportunity, and then um, but before that, we'd been talking about all right, we need to go uh, step up, bitching into pro, and we needed a bit more. A bit more depth in the team because we we're losing a couple of guys um, from from the semi-pro roster, and uh, Russ Kiefer uh, obviously had a good relationship with Eddie and Ringo, and they were um, they were looking to come back. So we were actually going to step up in the pro with um, the original plan was to, to step up in the pro with those guys. Okay. Um, but then when we left, um, yeah, the, the the plan sort of went sideways and and uh, Bitchin ended up folding and Ringo and Eddie um, came to swap with with us. Yeah, that would have been an interesting an interesting lineup. Uh, yeah, it would have been a, a pretty pretty crash up team, I reckon. Um, if that if that worked out. Yeah, I mean it would have been a, it would have been a great team, uh, I think, and um, you know some some awesome players on there like Russ Kiefer and. And Matho, um, you know, sort of lots of experience over the years and um, uh, just wasn't to be. I, I do remember, though, at that time with Bitchin, uh, it was sort of when they, everyone was calling, on all the other teams, we used to call them bloken because it was, they started to creep more and more guys into the team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, by the time Carl and I had come onto the team, I think there was, uh, you know, it started out as a, as a all-girls team and then, uh, Matho and Russ Kiefer and uh, what's his name Jimmy uh, was on the team and um, and then Carl Danny. and I came on uh, sure. yeah Dan, Danny was there too um, yeah. and I think that was a bit of a bit of a thing with with that team as well um, and it's probably a you know something for for all the new teams that are starting out and um, you know one one thing that we sort of went through is understand straight away what everyone's goal is. Uh, because you know there were people on the team, um, people like Danny and Jimmy that, that probably you know were were probably more there just for, for fun, um, and there were people like Carl and I that just wanted to you know uh, get out there and win, um, yeah. and and really uh, sort of you know put it on people. Um, you know, not just one ball someone if you if you got the chance, but you know, t- tattoo them and make them remember and make them be scared to to come out there the next time. So, you know, if you for those other teams that are that are out there sort of um, starting to come together, really sit down and have a think about and and 
have an open conversation about what what do you actually want from the from the team and the sport and um, get the guys around you that are like-minded because that'll that'll make everyone a lot happier uh, through the process. Yeah, it's it's um, I think that's a that's a pretty good point you make because it's uh, sometimes it, it's a fair while into like a campaign of a team that people realise that you know 50% of the teams on one sort of idea about what they want to achieve and what they want to do and the other half like you know sometimes uh yeah people are in it just to make friends and have fun and other times people want to win so (laughs) it can be a bit of a um yeah it's a a long way to go and spend all that time with the team and you know get halfway through a season and then go i thought we were going to have a crack but everyone else is just more interested in partying and drinking and stuff (laughs) yeah yeah i mean there's still even teams in the pro division right that are that are, are like that that are there's, there's teams that are chasing series wins. There's teams that are chasing a, a you know, uh, an event win, and there's teams that are just have a party, um, and that's yeah. fine. That's cool as long as uh, as long as everybody's on the same page with that. Yeah. Yeah. So how did uh, you know, once you made it onto SWAT, how did you find their uh, their ideas? Was it was it sort of a bit more aligned with what what your plans were? Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, the, there was still some people sort of leaving. Cleggy was Cleggy was uh, still playing then, and I think he was sort of wanting to play, but sort of stepping out as well. So, I mean, there was there was still sort of you know the, the bit of turmoil with lots of new people coming in and things changing around. So the team didn't didn't gel straight away. I would say. Um, I don't know what was your opinion? Did, did, did you think that, that four new guys came came uh, coming in that that worked really smoothly or what was your thoughts? Oh, yeah, no, well, I, like I was um, I wasn't until just recently someone re- reminded me of, like the fights we used to have. <laughs> like me and Adam used to just go so hard at each other and <laughs> oh, there was like so much like but we were, yeah, you put all these A type personalities on a team together and that's the thing with SWAT is. You, it's it's not a bunch of guys down at the pub going let's make a paintball team it's it's someone going you're on my like you can join this team and you can join this team so you sort of have to make it work and get along and sometimes that um well it's like what you and your brother have uh you know wanting to be better than that 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 guy next to you uh is what sort of drives the team uh, and pushes it harder but yeah there was there was definitely some trialing trialing periods and uh like i even found at the in that 2008 season um it was hard to be me and Ian joined the team at the same time. And um, yeah, just, you know, we came from a team already together and had our ideas and sometimes they get shot down and you'd think, well, why? And then that's when the arguments would start. And <laughs> yeah, it was good fun, but yeah. uh, we got the results in the end, I think. <laughs> yeah. I think, it was, I mean, it was, a, it was a couple of years of, I mean, I certainly came on going great. Yeah. Well, got onto SWAT. This is going to be so easy. Um, game one, Round one up against Apparition, um, I still remember it, and it was just we got we got clapped. I was like, "What the hell just happened? Oh my god!" Um, and then yeah, we, we 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 struggled for the first um, for the first couple of events in in Super Sevens. I mean, I think it was only like three events a year at that at that stage, and it was um, I think it was I can't remember. It was, yeah, it was still seven man at that stage. Um, and we were training. Remember, we, we, we were training super hard. We started training weekends. Everyone really upped their game. And, and Adam was uh, getting us all to do PT sessions during the week. You, me, um, Ian and Carl were going to the uh, to the local field and doing slide training and all this sort of stuff. Uh, midweek as well. Um, you know, I, I was starting to get into fitness hardcore, starting to do big Oxfam runs and, um, you know, big 100-kilometer runs and that sort of stuff. So we're starting to get into some really good um, fitness, but the the team stuff took took a few months to come together. And the uh, at the same time, it was kind of like the, the arms race of imports. Um, that was the, the last year, the seven-man year, uh, where there was – you know, Menace had four guys on it. Um, uh, ex- I think, yeah, Extreme were playing then and they had imports. Um, oh, every team had like three or four imports at least. And, I mean, we didn't have, the, we didn't have that. So it was a super frustrating year, I found, because we would, we, um, 
would absolutely smash people down at training every single week, week in, week out, and then the, all these Americans would come over and um, they were just so much better. Um, but it was a good learning experience for all of us because we would just get sharper and sharper and sharper again, crush everybody still at training. But then <laughs> um, by the uh, by sort of 2010, we started to, to win, win events and get podiums and what have you. But I think for that first year, 2009, I don't think we got a podium. Um, not at Super 7s. Um, we went and got – that was a year we went and played World Games in tai, Taiwan. Yeah, yeah. 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 And we, we came second for Australia versus um, – who did we play in the final? Scotty, was it was Germany? It? it was Germany, yeah. yeah. And I mean, that was a controversial uh, final as well. Um, yeah, of course. And, uh, <laughs> it wouldn't, wouldn't be, be SWAT in Asia without controversy. <laughs> And um and that was the same year as well that we went to well, I went to World Cup Asia for my first time and we ended up coming second hostile as well so um we were getting good success and the team was I felt you know really really coming together but it was where we had to face you know big American con- contingents where we were sort of coming up short but I think it was better for us in the long run because from 2010 onwards we um. We started to put stuff together a bit better. Um, plus, the format t- changed in 2010, I'm pretty sure, because that's when we started to move to five-man coaching, and that was probably more our style as well of in-your-face, aggressive, doesn't matter if you lose a point sort of thing. You could just come back out and punch him in the face again, um, and the, the better team would then would then end up on top, not like seven-man. It was you know the roll of the dice if you want to do something or not. Yeah, sometimes that aggressive with the seven man stuff, the aggressive plays would yeah, if it if it backfired and didn't work out, then that was it. That was the point over. And uh um uh, they it really played into the hands of the slow, long drawn out, just old school sort of style of paintball, the seven man games. Yeah, um, yeah. And I, I guess uh that's where I think the Americans did have that advantage because like it it was sort of a bit more yeah, individual because there's so many more like positions and it's just a bit more spread out i don't know it seemed a bit more it seemed like you could play your own sort of game a bit more with seven man um yeah like if you were a good player you could really just set the field on fire yeah whereas with five man it's a bit more of a team yeah Yeah, definitely comes down to the team working and being quick like you said and if everyone wants to push and you're all pushing together it just it just uh you either win quick or lose quick exactly (laughs) And I think I think that was probably more our style, and and we'd all gotten a lot better with our um, fundamentals as well. Um, you know, there's lots of lots of people sort of for coaching and against coaching, and I think that was the first year with coaching, 2010. And um, personally, I actually really liked coaching. Um, I thought it brought a really good atmosphere to the a uh, really good atmosphere to the game. Back then, the coaches could literally stand anywhere on the sideline they wanted. So you could have one coach walking up and down the sideline. I think they had to stop at the 50, but so you could, you could literally have a guy standing there right next to you, you know, pointing you out to their guys. But (laughs) I think, um, you know, a lot of people go, Oh, that sort of blows the, um, blows the, you know, I made a fantastic move and someone knows, but um, which is true, but it also meant that your fundamentals had to be so much better as well around, um, communication so you had to get communication around the field super super fast as well um, and uh, just your gun skills had to be so much better because it, it was relying less on stealth and, and movement skill and it was really really heavily reliant on gun battling skills so um, you know I think I got a lot out of those those years of coaching, just being able to um, become a, a, a pretty good gun battler because, yeah, you make a good move, they know you're there anyway. So you just have to, yeah. every every gunfight was was an absolute battle. Yeah, and it's um, yeah, it did it like I, I do remember before the coaching. Yeah, you could get away with those sneaky, you know, get into the snake, crawl to the end, and shoot four guys in the back um, points. But yeah, it really did um, like I felt that that's how I played the snake really well. Was uh, I was just a good robot. If someone said, get ready to shoot this corner, and when I say go, go, like I just do it. And like, um, but yeah, like you say, that was all I had to do was make sure my gun was on there and my first few balls were going in the right spot. And, um, but yeah, like as a team, you know, we had those really like 
all we were doing was paying with our voices most of the time. You were yeah, definitely saying this is what I want you to do. Like yeah, and, and the, like I, I felt like uh, it was it played um to, to like a it was good for making plans like and it, like your breakouts really mattered, your game plans really mattered. Um, whereas like uh yeah, with without coaching, you can, yeah sometimes it can sort of fall apart. Like I, you can. You, you miss one uh, G count off the break or something, and then that's sort of the, the point over. So, yeah, it's different. It's just a different – I think they're both good. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think as a um, as a new player as well, uh, I mean, I'd only been playing oh, two years at that stage. Um, it actually probably, again, accelerated the, the learning because one of my biggest problems when I first started paintball was just being too aggressive. So, you know, I'll get into a, a mad spot, get to the 50 or be on the 50 and then lose a gunfight. Um, but once coaching was there, you know, you'd make these fantastic spots, but then you'd have someone like Adam Connolly standing there next to you going, just lay there, don't do anything. You're winning the game. There's four guys shooting at you. Um, yeah. And, and you know, in the past, you'd, you're probably not trying to slow yourself down and it's knowing when to push and when to not push and having that coaching um, really, you know, cemented that uh, into, into the abilities um, because you, you don't have that additional perspective that the coach has got. Um, but after you play that for several years or whatever, it just it becomes second nature, right? Yeah. Well, that's it. Like I, you know, these days I see you in the snake and you, you can just tell like, when there's four guns shooting at you that like you, you just know now because uh but yeah if you you, uh, you think you're right yeah if you haven't had that person just standing behind you going it's fine <laughs> yeah um, that's a, it's a good I, I might steal that uh bring back coaching for some uh for some practice sessions and yeah it's uh yeah I, I like it should do i mean the other the other big one as well i don't know if you remember um carl and i used to film pretty much i think i've got a back catalog of footage you know terabytes big of um of training days um game days you know it's really good now we've got uh, the webcast and you can go back and watch it and and everything but um you know before that we'd be out there with gopros on the weekend we'd be out there putting gopros on the pits during tournaments while having uh, wives and girlfriends stand on the sideline and film everything I think Ian was actually doing heap of like sort of mini videos, even of training sessions, like to, to full music and everything. I really liked it because, um, you know, in the moment when you're, when you're having a game, whether it be training or a real tournament, it, it, it's happening in the moment. And that second, once it's gone, it's gone. And I mean, my, my memory is like a, a goldfish. So <laughs> I, I could actually take the footage, go back and watch it all week. And understand, oh shit, I, you know, I should have made this move, or I shouldn't have made that move, or why was I freaking out because there was, you know, only one person looking at me, but I felt like, you know, lots of people looking at me. Going and going back and sort of doing breakdown of video and what have you is a really, really powerful tool, which, you know, I don't think people really take advantage of as much as they near, nearly should. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely you can't hide from the footage. It's uh, you, you, the and uh, I find like sometimes in a paintball event you get false memories as well. Like people might go, no, this is how it happened, and then you go, oh, yeah, I guess it did. And then, but if you watch the footage, you're like, no, that's not how it happened at all. So yeah, the, the footage <laughs> just doesn't lie. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I remember yeah. so many times being in the swap pits, and yeah, people would come off and go, you know, you, you would tell them what happened, and that yeah, they had some completely different understanding in their mind of what happened but you having the third party um perspective from sitting on the sideline um you know there was probably lots of those uh, arguments that you were talking about earlier of people blowing up deluxe um was just that you know so it's, uh how do you how do you actually get the facts out and and um yeah i think that's a uh, one thing that that really helped and yeah, if anyone wants any uh, footage from the years, um, I know that you were chasing uh, chasing the footage of you running through us at uh, through Bitchin at uh, in 2008. Hit me up, and I'll I'm sure I can give you uh, any footage from any of the games that I was against you in. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's great, and yeah, it was so hard to like back then. It, we didn't all have cameras in our pockets like we do these days, so it was harder to film back then. So 
it's uh, yeah, it's gold. Definitely. Yeah. No, it's uh, that's awesome. So, um, yes. So, uh, like I do remember that with Envious. Yeah, you guys were always, um, yeah, coming over to our pits and and putting cameras up on the on the roof. And I'm, I think I'm the joke was like, oh, you got to shoot the cameras and all sorts. I'm of surprised. Things. I'm surprised none of you ever did shoot the cameras. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it was a. Uh, oh, it's yeah, it's they're expensive. <laughs> and, uh, and I think uh, you guys did a service. Like I think after the event, you would post them on on YouTube and stuff. So. Yeah, even definitely. if it wasn't um just all your guys footage like everyone was keen to like i was always keen to watch myself play and yeah for that reason to see to see you think oh i you know i thought that moment took like it felt like i was lying down there for five minutes but you're really there for like two seconds and then you went <laughs> yeah exactly. yeah so it was good to see yeah 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 people should do it more i mean the webcast is was is phenomenal but even the webcast, you know, there's lots of changing angles all the time and zoom is on one on one uh, player. I used to always uh, get the shit if somebody was filming the game for us on the sidelines and, they're, you know, they're zooming in on, on one player. Um, you know, they'd be like, oh, yeah, I've got some bad footage of you. It's like, I don't care about the one person. I just want to see what the, <laughs> what's happening in the whole game. <laughs> yeah, and that's the difference. Like, that's what my dad, he loves, like, AFL footy, and that's what he loves going to the games because he says, like, you just – you don't get that on TV. You you can't see sort of how the, the whole team's working together and, and how all the game plans are working. And it's, it's true. Um, yeah. It's, you know, watching one player play a point is different than watching the five guys uh, work things out and get through it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So I guess for, I think 2000 and yeah, well, 2010 round one, that was our first tournament win in pro. Um, I think it was was SWAT's first tournament win for a little while as well, um, and then um, we sort of flirted around um, series champions for that first year. Uh, I think we came really close. I think we came second, um, and then 2011 was uh, the start of the the big tear that we uh, that we ran on that big run of um, of series wins. Yeah, it was a. Uh... It was a good good time to play. I think, um, uh, like, yeah, some things happened in the sport that sort of helped that. A few teams uh, bowed out at the right time and stuff like that. But uh, there's definitely a – there were some hard four years. But, uh, yeah, it was a good a good run that we had there. <laughs> mm, yeah, definitely. definitely. But, um, you know, as uh, you, were, you sent me through some stats – uh, before the show, but my run ended after three years, but your run, uh, your run continued for series wins. Yeah, we we snatched um we snatched the next two, so we got the five in a row back to back to back to back to back, um, which was uh yeah, I mean after after those first three years, and you I think you bowed out and, and started to take some time off. That that's really probably what Carl and I were going to go and do as well. Um, you know, we probably had, had really thrown heaps at it and and you get to that point, I think, where you're like, oh, well, what else is there now to do? Um, you know, we started at 28. This is now several years later for us. We were both sort of thinking, oh, well, we might just actually quit. And um, it was by chance that, um, that there was a – tournament in canberra i'm pretty sure it was and um and carl went down swat swat couldn't play the event for some reason or wasn't playing the event <clears throat> but um i think explicit was playing and they needed some extra players so carl went down and played for him and um he had an absolute blast with um with a bunch of those guys so johnny and jake and um and maca and um he came back from canberra saying to me hey let's uh let's not quit um and retire let's let's start our own team and um so then we yeah we went from from probably stepping out of the uh out of the sport to going oh let's uh no i don't think too many players have ever uh, left SWAT before um to, to start a new team it was kind of a a team where you 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 leave it by retirement um, yeah, it's normally the last team you play for. <laughs> exactly. I think we were the first. I think we were the first uh, sort of two players to to ever leave and start up a new team um, or leave to go to another team. 
Um, not that we weren't grateful for everything we'd done, you know, that we got from SWAT and from Mike and John and, and the, the action crew, but we just wanted something different and something new and, um, you know, sort of running running with a new set of guys and, and, and putting together the dream team because, I mean, through those last couple of years of SWAT, it was really, you know, you, me, um, Carl, Alex were probably the starting sort of four guys every point in, point out, um, you know, with a with an import or some of the other guys jumping in as well. And um, I know I had lots of conversations with, you know, you and Carl and going, shit, why don't we, you know, we're, we're the we're, – we've won series after series. We could really get any player that we want, um, you know, and, and that wasn't, that wasn't going to happen. Uh, with SWAT so um, yeah that's what the point of Emius was to take the the annual dream team um, and pluck a bunch of them and and that's what Emius was uh, a bunch of us guys from SWAT who were on the dream team a bunch of the guys from Explicit on the dream team and uh, we brought back um, Nick Bancroft from um, from retirement uh, ex-hostile player and, yeah that yeah. was good Good to see him back. Always good to see him back. <laughs> yeah, he's back now, and the guy's still an absolute machine. It's uh, phenomenal. So, yeah, that, that was the birth of Envious. Um, and, uh, I mean, again, we were all super like-minded guys, not wanting to, uh, you know, we not out drinking, um, drinking when we're meant to be training. We're not out, um, you know, drinking or partying over the tournament weekend. The whole the whole time, it's really just about how do we get not only a, a tournament win, but it, it just from that point onwards, it was we just want rings. Um, you know, how do we, what do we got to do to get rings? Um, so yeah, no nobody on that team had a sort of different agenda except for uh, for that one purpose. Yeah, no, it's and it's awesome. It's it's we touched on it when I was uh, chatting to Maka, but it was yeah, it was it was something I hadn't seen before this, all these guys coming together. Like it was like you say, the dream team. It wasn't a, it wasn't like half a, like, you know, Oh, our team's all left and we're looking for like, you know, where the guys left behind, we just sort of need somewhere to go. Like you guys all had a purpose and a plan and, and you executed it. It was, it was good to see. Um, and you know, it was that, uh, I guess, like you say, with SWAT, it did get a bit, um, stale there. Uh, and there wasn't really like a, a big, name competition and it really reignited that i know um envious and swat had had some big battles again uh, it was like the old swat and hostile days so it was it was good to have someone to to battle against um, yeah definitely i mean the the old hostile days i don't know how that that intense rivalry came about but i mean we used to beat the snot out of each other pretty hard i remember getting bonus to, to hell and I remember you getting bonus to hell multiple times out of the, you know, your last guy in the snake and um, you just absolutely cop it. But, you know, we'd give it back to them just as much in spades really. And um, yeah, when they left, that kind of disappeared a bit. And yeah, for those three years where SWAT just went on the tear, it kind of felt like we, yeah, we were uncontested to, um, to sort of bully on, on teams. And then once, um, we started up envious yeah it, it, it created a uh, a new big rivalry um i don't really know why <laughs> it's, i guess i guess it's always uh, difficult when when a few of the guys leave a team and then start another team but um you know that's that's kind of the way it played out um and you know i've got a huge amount of respect for all the swap guys still um phenomenal players and phenomenal guys so yeah i think that's sort of how the the game works where we all hate each other on the field but off the field it's uh like yeah there's not really much to be said about uh about that like yeah and that's sort of how a competition works you know um it's it sucks to have like a one horse race you don't want to be the only team and and to have someone to actually have good fights against and and always always good matches that come down to like that overtime point in the last few minutes and all sorts of things like that it's always always a good uh good uh, hopefully we put on a good show for all the all the viewers <laughs> it was before yeah, the webcast yeah. though yeah i know <laughs> that's all right i've got all the uh i've got all the gopro footage 
Um, yeah. Do, do you have the footage of me popping my shoulder out? That's it. <laughs> uh, I do yeah. actually. I do have yeah, that right. footage. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I I don't like to see uh to see people get hurt, and you know, I've seen you go down. I've seen Plucker go down, and um, yeah, touch wood. Um, I haven't had uh had any major injury. Oh, Johnny, Johnny did his um shoulder in um in 2016 as well um yeah I'm, I'm not a religious guy but i i i feel some kind of blessing to uh have, have played for what 12 years and, and not had a not had a major blow up like uh some of the guys have had yeah and it's it is um like i don't know what uh like water sports that you said you like you used to be into water skiing and stuff like that like i don't know what the the injury rate isn't that but paintball's a pretty safe sport you think of the amount of the amount of points and that we play over over a year and that's only ever a handful of people uh, get injured and normally it's through your own fault <laughs> diving yeah, head first into the ground definitely practice yeah. training <laughs> practice yeah. and practice practice and you you you'll uh minimize getting hurt for sure yeah well um you know what 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 like would be some some key things like now looking back on your career that you like you would think um that like you're glad you're glad you practiced like what like if, if there was a new player like what would what would you be telling them to to focus on um oh. sorry to put you on the spot but no, no, <laughs> just, that's uh, all right just came to i mind, think it's yeah. i mean it's really all the stuff that that you and and ian and you know people like adam sort of taught us at the start and that was just the fundamentals so you know you don't need lots of lots of paint to go out and train and and learn your basic skills you know you need to go out there and learn how to shoot you know both-handed be very ambidextrous and um and yeah if you don't want to get uh hurt um you know get comfortable out on the field doing all the things that you're going to have to do on on game day so you know train train the way that you're going to play um you know things like running and gunning you can do a dry firing but you know make sure you have your your rate of fire set set um, to what you're going to play with and have your, your gun set up. But, yeah, just, you know, try and focus every time you go out and train. What am I trying to get out of this? If you just go out there to sort of skive off and have fun, and that's probably the difference between, you know, the people that just do want to go out there and have fun, and that's cool, but then there's the people that want to go out there and get better and to the point where they're just going to win and win and win because that's fun. Um yeah, go out to every single training session with a goal. What what do I want to get better at? And um, you know that's where the looking at game footage and and training footage every week was uh, was a thing of okay, well I've got got to get better at snap shooting. I've got to get better at diving. Why aren't I moving? You know what's stopping me? Um, you know Carl always saying stuff like that. Um, you know why are you on your knees in that bunker, whereas you should be standing up in that bunker um you know that's probably the biggest thing that i would you know tell anybody be be your biggest critic and build with your team a mentality of constructive criticism you know people get defensive it's it's people shouldn't be getting defensive when someone's telling you hey you did this wrong you did that wrong and i mean i look at the the envious guys um you know, I'm probably the reluctant captain of that team, um, but everybody on that team is their biggest critic, and everybody on that team has equal say around. All right, I'm doing this wrong, I'm doing that wrong, or you know, this you're doing this wrong, or you're doing that wrong, and nobody will take it personally. Everybody will say, okay, well, how do we correct that? Um, how do we how do we fix that? Um, because we're all really you know confident confident in our abilities as good paintballers yeah and that's um that's it it comes down a lot to that like you respect all your teammates if everyone's on the the same page you respect all their uh opinions then when someone says hey you're not doing this right you just need to trust in that and and uh yeah it is it is like i, I do remember on swat we had that we could come in and say man you suck and you just be like why what do i do and oh this it's oh, okay sure like you know, I, I probably was a bit lazy on that point. I could have done that a bit better. Like it was, uh, it was good. Like you didn't just have one person watching out for you, or just the captain, or just the coach. Like 
all other six or seven guys on that team were <laughs> who were managing each other and, and watching each other and calling each other out it was good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, I, I did I've played with other teams and I, it's it's funny uh, like you try that and you just and they sort of take offense and you're like oh hang on no way <laughs> it's a different yeah. team I can't I can't just rip into people they they yeah it's always good at, but you, like you said it's got to be constructive criticism it can't just be you suck. Yeah. It's got to tell them why and maybe offer a advice on how to fix it. <laughs> Exactly, and it's that third, it's that third person perspective because everyone comes off the field going, "This is what happened," and that you know their perception is their reality. And uh, once everybody realizes that um, their perception in that moment might not be the reality uh, because there's three other people seeing it, or even one other person seeing it, if they trust that person enough, they'll go, "Okay, yeah, well maybe I, maybe I, maybe I should have switched. Maybe I shouldn't have tried to keep shooting that guy. I should have gone and you know done this instead." and it was a bad choice or what have you. Yeah, but I, I do like, you know, trailing all the way back around to, to what you originally said. Like, um, if you don't sit down with your team and, and have that conversation early, then, you know, there is going to be guys that say, oh, whatever, I don't care. And um, and that's going to be fine. Like, they're, they're the guy that's going to go, yeah, I played that spot on my knees and I just couldn't be bothered. Like, I don't care. It doesn't bother me. So, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it all swings and roundabouts. <laughs> Yeah, for it sure. It comes all the way back to that. Yeah, I really like that. Um, yeah, if, I hope that's something that everyone takes away from from this chat because that's a, it's a, like I didn't really ever think about that um, to sit down and yeah, just like from the day one, just to say this is our team's goal and and be honest. Because um, yeah, I mean, hundred percent. That... I mean, you look at any high performing team, and um, you know, outside of paintball, I've you know. I've, sort of run teams and what have you, you know, within a work setting for, for years and years and years. And the, the first thing that you need to do is have like a goal what, what, and actually have it written down. What are we trying to achieve? And, you know, if you don't have everybody bought into that and have skin in the game, then, um, yeah, you'll never you'll never succeed. So you need to have that uh, that mentality for sure. It's, it's the basic recipe for success, really. Yeah. No, no. It is. Uh, you guys have had it in uh in spades. So uh, we're uh we're starting to run a little bit low on time. So we'll uh, oh, sure. yeah. Uh, what's um what's the future or current plans for for y- yourself in in paintball? What's uh how's you know as COVID starts lifting, what are you, what are you looking for to forward to do for the rest of the year? Um yeah, well, I, I just want to see um you know what tournaments hopefully Super Sevens starts back up because I think the year's really a bust at the moment. Um if there's if there's some uh sort of just single off events, definitely go and play those. Uh, maybe the NXL will start out with a with a round or two as well. So we we play as envious at, uh, at NXL um and we've been doing pretty well there, so we want to keep that streak running. Um, for sevens, yeah, the, the plan is at this stage, yeah, still to, to stay with the crisis guys and um, and try and uh, try and secure a, a serious championship with those guys. Um, so yeah, just keep it going. I've got um, I've got four more fingers, John, uh, Scotty, that I uh, <laughs> I need to fill up before I uh, get in my wheelchair. Yeah, <laughs> what did uh, someone described it as the um, oh, what is it like the superhero, like Thanos or whatever? <laughs> yeah. it's called. I'm, I'm, the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm not really into that stuff, but everyone always talks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've got one. You've got your own. Super <laughs> Sevens rings. That's yeah, cool. Um, will we ever see Envious back out on the in the Super Sevens pitch? Is that ever a a goal or? Mate, if uh if we got the opportunity, we would we would be there. Um, yeah, if. If uh, if we could get the spot for a uh, for a full year, um, then we'd we'd take it. It's really just a matter of um, Super Sevens, uh, yeah, making a, a spot available um, from the start of the year. And if that happens, then we'd we'd jump in. Um, yeah, awesome. That'd be cool to see the green machine back on the field. Yeah, I mean, we'd definitely if we um, if we get it going. Uh, we've we've got the four core guys that are still together. Um, Johnny, Carl, Jared, and myself. Um, you know, we got the win last year with Raw, uh, with the Raw boys. So, you know, we're still more than capable of uh, 
keeping the streak going. We just need the we just need the shot. Yeah, no, it's cool, and it, it is a, there are those pro spots are um pretty hotly contested these days. There are there's a lot of semi pro teams looking to move up, and it's um it's good for the sport uh, having having a locked or just having that many people hungry to, hungry for the spot, and uh it's good to know that there's teams like MVS in the wings waiting to to snap them up if any teams do falter as well. So <laughs> yeah, definitely, I'd uh, like to see that. So um, while, while I've got you here, is there uh, you know any sponsors or any shout-outs that you'd like to, to do while you've got the air? Yeah, sure. Um, Gladiator have, have sort of really backed us for the last few years. So shout-out to Gladiator and, and their awesome tanks. Um, Crisis sponsors are um, uh, uh, HK and uh, Lux, and um, and Jared's also sponsored by, um, by Dice. So shout-out to those guys as well. Thanks for the support over the years. So Jared has a personal sponsorship with Die, is that right? Yeah. So, well, Envious was Envious was sponsored by Die for um, you know the last or for the first sort of two to three years, and um, then we all took a hiatus for for a year, took a year off before uh, jumping back into uh, the um, into the 2019 season with Raw, and um, yeah. So, but Jared kept playing, and um, and yeah, so he, he maintained his sponsorship through that time with with Di, and they've been very good to him over the years. That's that's cool. That's yeah. uh, good to hear. Yeah, I always see him out there shooting die guns and stuff. So I just thought he just loved them. But I didn't realise he uh <laughs> he was he was back by them. That's that's good though. It's good. Yeah, Di seemed to be that uh that good company that look after all the um yeah they look after yeah all the teams well. Um, like they all do, all the companies in Australia, they are, <laughs> they look after us. Absolutely. Um, so was there, uh, them, right? oh no, that's uh, yeah, it's yeah, they're the reason I was playing. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have quit a lot longer, a lot, a lot earlier. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's an expensive sport for well for me. Some people can af- seem to afford it, but <laughs> for me, it's a it's a it's a struggle. Um, yeah, so was there someone that you uh, would recommend to be on the show? Uh, well, I've got to give a shout out to uh, my um, my spare kidneys, Carl. Um, <laughs> I'd, I'd love to hear his uh, his perspective of, uh, of of the last twelve years as well. It'd be good to uh, to catch that his uh, Dorito side uh, view of it all. <laughs> um, but uh, aside from him, probably someone like Chris Austin, who you know he's come over from Europe. Playing over there in a very competitive, um, uh, high level for, for a long time, and then um, yeah, just uh, to to his his story and and sort of how he uh, how he sort of compares Australia and Asia to to that scene. Yeah, no, it's um he's someone that like for me because I sort of had my little break after uh, 2015, and I came back and it was just this guy was ripping it up on the field and. Um, yeah, the more I find out about him, he, yeah, he's definitely had a a long, long paintball career. So yeah, he, he's uh, it's good. We can call him an Aussie now as well. Uh, <laughs> well he's got a he's got a Pommy accent. I don't know where he was born, but um, he's been here long he, enough, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, awesome. All right, well, well, thanks uh, for that, Ben, and uh, I'll definitely get uh, Carl on soon. I know. Uh, when I asked the question, you said, "Oh, do you, do you want me and Carl on together?" But like, I, I've I've spent a bit of time with with twins in the in the past and and other sports and stuff, and I know you guys always get lumped in together. So I wanted to make sure I gave you uh, your own your own time because yeah, you guys have to share everything. <laughs> I, I've been doing it for forty years. I'm uh, I'm used to it. <laughs> I, I, yeah, shared, well, I, shared, I shared a womb with him for nine months. <laughs> Yeah, well, hopefully, uh, yeah, I'm glad I could, you know, give you your own little little space here, your hour on the on the show, and uh, we'll get Kyle on shortly. Thanks, John. Thanks, uh, awesome. Scotty. But I'm, I'm sure everyone will still compare it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they, they will. Yeah, awesome. All right, well, thanks a lot uh, for sitting down with me, Ben, and uh, all the best with the rest of the year, and fingers crossed we see the green machine back on the field. Yeah, cheers, Scotty. Catch you later. That is a wrap on another episode of Down Under Paintball. Just want to say a big thank you once again to Ben Simpson for sitting down this week and joining me on the show. So as Ben and I were chatting in the lead up to this show, Ben actually sent me through some stats. So Ben's played over 80 events 
over 11 seasons with about 12 different teams. Of those 80 events, he's gotten first place 56%, second place 20%, third place 12%, and 88% of events that he's played is resulted in a podium finish. So he has six Super 7 Series wins, so three uh, with myself, with SWAT, and then he, they went on the next two years with Envious, so they won five series in a row, and then they got the one last year with, with Raw. So Ben's been on the Dream Team seven times and twice been the Pro Player of the Year in the Super 7s, as well as winning the NXL Series in Australia and getting to travel over to America to play in the NXL. They're just some massive stats that these guys have, but what's it's not so much to brag about them, but uh, just you know the level of detail that, that um, Ben and I know Carl as well keep on themselves. I hope everyone found this episode as interesting as I did. With the laws changing and 12-year-olds able to play now, I just have such a good outlook for the future. You know, these guys started in their late 20s and the things that they've achieved through determination and, you know, obviously having to, to put in the hard work early to propel themselves quickly onto these, these bigger teams. So I just really have high hopes for these guys that are going to be starting at around 12 years old and the things that they can achieve. So I hope that you take away from this episode, if you are a new paintballer, a lot of things that hopefully help propel you and hopefully I see you crushing fools on the field in the future. It was great to sit down for me personally with Ben. Uh, we spent yeah a lot of years on the field together uh, form, forming the craft. Like we didn't have a lot of people to sort of follow back in those days. So a lot of this we sort of had to make up ourselves and a lot of trial and error. And yeah, just I'm so thankful for Ben for all the things that he taught me over my paintball career. And I wouldn't be where I am today without him. So this was huge for me to be able to sit down and just spend a bit of time chatting to Ben about some of the good old days. So I hope everyone enjoyed it. And thanks for coming along for the ride. See you next week.